there's no place like home. Unless, of course, it's in a state of chaos. Are you overwhelmed by the sheer volume of things you've accumulated throughout the decades yet realize the need to downsize? Or perhaps you find the idea of decluttering and preparing for a move just too large of a task to tackle. Hi, I'm Suzanne Albee, owner of Be Organized Seattle. It's normal to feel overwhelmed when it's time to downsize. We understand firsthand how stressful a move can be, but also know how to meet those challenges. We are here to help you simplify your hive by working alongside you. We can help you sort your belongings, prepare for an estate sale, get your home ready to put on the market, handle your move logistics, and even take on your to-do list. In summary, we're here to help make your life a lot easier and can take care of the details from start to finish. And we do all of this with a compassionate, confidential, and judgment-free approach. Get to know our helpful bees in the greater Puget Sound area or in many cities across the U.S. by giving us a buzz at 206-627-0957 or visit beorganized.com. That's B-E-E organized.com. The following podcast is provided by Pinnacle Senior Placements, LLC and Answers for Elders Radio. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio with the wonderful Daphne Davis from Pinnacle Senior Placements. Daphne and I have spent the first quarter of an hour talking about, you know, what is a job description if you were to advocate for a loved one and what does all of this stuff mean? And uh, Daphne, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the words of wisdom. I tell you the last segment that we had, it really surprised me at how young people are to step into um, this role. Uh, you know, I was 55 really when I started um, taking care of my mom or when, no, I was about 50. Yeah, I was about 50. No, 40, 52, really. Mm-hmm. 51, 52. So I was early 50s because she died when I was 55. So you know, and I look at, yes, I was around when she was in assisted living to start where she was a little more independent, but I didn't understand all the complexities. And I remember that day when going to the hospital, when she first, that's kind of my first exposure was the hospital Mm -hmm. and something happened sadly. And you're put in a situation where now all of a sudden you're met with all this term, this terminology. I will never forget showing up at the hospital. And I've told this story a million times on the air, but the triage person would, as I was here saying, I'm Norma Perkins' daughter. And they would say, are you POA? And I looked at her like, what is POA? And I was in, you know, late forties, early fifties at that point. So tell us a little bit about what goes on in the hospital and, you know, what are people dealing with right now? So let's talk about a POA first of all. It's it stands for power of attorney, and there's lots of different names and jargon and ramifications for for different kinds of power of attorneys, and people throw around different phrases. But when you get to the hospital, you're gonna you're gonna hear first of all a power of attorney for medical mm-hmm. services, and what that means is is that if this person in the hospital is not able to advocate for themselves on anything dealing with their medical mm-hmm. life, um, anything health oriented, who is the person who's going to make decisions or advocate for that patient? Sure. And many, 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 many people do not have this taken care of. Um, and, and that's my, in my world anyway. And I just work with everybody across the, the spectrum of people. 
So it's not unique to a socioeconomic status. It's not unique to rural or city people. It, it's everybody. You need to have a power of attorney for medical. It and sounds the fact- to me like, you know, even in your 50s, it's not a bad idea to have that, no. dra- that document drafted up. You don't know what could happen. You do and, not. And it certainly um, could change over time. But, um, you know, I think this is, this is an important thing that even people my age, there's, I'm, a, I'm 65. A lot of my, um, I mean, I even think now my husband and I have something in our will, you know, or, or in our, and, and we do have powers of attorney in those documents. But, you know, if you're, I, if you're married, okay. there is a hierarchy of how power of attorney goes. And so you are naturally a power of attorney, and I'm not an attorney, so this is right. not attorney words, but kind of naturally fall into a power of attorney for each other. But I have recently had, just this week, a niece helping her uncle. And she doesn't have power of attorney. And they nurses, social workers, doctors could not give any information to her. So common sense, you know, jumped in a little bit by the time I got involved and said, this is what we need to do. But I had to teach her, the, the, um, the niece, about what to even ask for and to do it quickly because there was some concern that her uncle wouldn't keep his cognition and be able to sign documentation that he wishes to have his niece the power of attorney. Right. And if that happens, then you have to go into a guardianship type program. Um, and that involves courts sometimes and judges and somebody, you know, either assigning a power of attorney or, you know, family members get together and know that this is the logical person and the court will honor that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it is difficult when you don't have these paperwork things taken care of before the crisis. Right. So now with this particular family, um, doctors are having to get involved and determine if her uncle is competent to be able to sign the documents. And sometimes he is and sometimes he's not. Um, sometimes he's right with us and he makes logical total sense and could make a, a clear decision and other times he cannot. <clears throat> and so just let me paint this picture a little bit. Um, this you know, mid 30 year old woman has a full time job. She's taking care of her son, who's elementary school age, and she's she's trying to figure out how do I get to a hospital. Social workers are saying she's not easy to get a hold of. The, the niece is feeling so, so responsible because she's not available till after six in the evening. I mean, it's, it's a nightmare. And so then we come in and I'm helping her and getting faxes sent to my number. We're, we're doing what we have to do. But the point is, try not to be in that situation. Try right. to be proactive. Now, at the hospital, they'll have a form for medical um, power of attorney. And that can easily be signed with um, a, a witness or a notary to be taken care of at the hospital. Financial power of attorney is a different cup of tea, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but the medical is really important so that you can even know what is going on with your loved one. Um, What medications are they on? Is he ready to discharge? What kind of discharge does he need? Um, All kinds of things come into play. Right now, with this particular story that I'll uh, stay with, we're trying to figure out when she can go and look at either assisted living or adult family homes because of her new job of three weeks. She doesn't feel comfortable leaving during the day. So 
us at Pinnacle will be flexible and we're saying, let's make Saturday work. We're also hoping that he can stay at the hospital, that he has medical need to be at the hospital to satisfy medical insurance. Yeah. Uh, so it gets very complicated in terms of all the little details. What would she do if she didn't have you? Um, she she has already said to me, I don't know what I'd do without you, Daphne. And, and that's and the I, thing. It's like, yeah. do, do we really, uh, you know, when I think about the days when I was taking care of my mom, I didn't have a Daphne. I had a, you know, I had, was flying by the seat of my pants, and I will never forget, you know, just being thrust into this role. Nobody aspires to be, I'm going to be a family caregiver someday, right? Mm-hmm. But you're thrust into this role, <clears throat> and all these terms are thrown at you. You're in a scenario where you really don't know what the resources are. You don't understand how insurance works. You don't understand how Medicare works. You don't understand how supplemental insurance works. What's the difference between Part A, Part B, Part C, Part D of Medicare? Mm-hmm. All the different aspects that navigating healthcare happens. And it's really, there's no, there's no advanced training. You're thrown in the deep end, especially since so many families wait till there's a crisis. And then all of a sudden they have to figure it all out. Yeah. All of those things come to fruition front and center and people go, what? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the ability to, to be able to switch medical insurances, People don't know for under Medicare oh. that there's a SEP, which is a special enrollment um, okay. period. You don't have to always wait. There are different criteria to, to qualify for a SEP. People mm-hmm. still don't know about what it means to be either under observation or admitted. Um, these are all things that fall under that medical power of attorney, and you, you get this jargon thrown at you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece that I want to talk about, too, is finding somebody that can help you who will meet you and your journey. So this story that I'm telling you about, we had to meet at seven o'clock at night at the hospital because that's when she was available. Um, Do I do that all the time? No, no, I don't. But I do do it when it's necessary. When I know that families are in a a crunch. Yeah, this is called life. Mm -hmm. And nobody's story is the same. Nobody's story Mm -hmm. into a nice little cookie cutter. Um, And so we met in the evening. When you're looking for an advisor, I really encourage you to find somebody that understands this is your journey, your unique story, and that they find out things about your unique story. Mm-hmm. This particular gentleman has um, uh, some anxiety issues, and he gets startled and mm-hmm. scared very easily. And so the niece knew this about her uncle. And I was like, okay, I, I promise I'll be gentle. She was very protective of him. And by the time that I left, she was like, I don't know what I was worried about. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing. So make sure, I mean, she didn't have to choose to work with me. We were just meeting and whatnot. But, but make sure that you feel comfortable with that person that you're choosing to work with and that they can guide you. Um, Another sentence that I say a lot of times is, I'm not a decision maker, I am just an information post. I'm just a place of information. Um, And and never am I a decision maker. I just, sometimes I'm a translator between medical or legal or financial (laughs) to the lay person um, as well, but generally it's just information. Mm-hmm. When when you are in that hospital situation, and one of the things that I want to 
to let general people know, our consumers know, mm -hmm. is that there has to always be a safe discharge. And it can be very frightening and feel a lot of pressure. And I'm not taking anything away from hospital settings or medical care settings. Sure. Um, but you, as the consumer and as the advocate for your loved one, have the right to say, I need a safe discharge. This, I don't have a safe discharge. And it's really helpful when you have somebody working alongside you because then they know that you are going to make forward progress. Mm -hmm. When you're ambling yourself, they get a little bit nervous. <laughs> well, and there's so many crossroads, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with this. And I think one of the things that we're spending this hour to all of our listeners here is when you hit that crossroads, what happens? How do you navigate? And the other thing is, what's really involved in this process? It's not just like you show up at a hospital and you're done. People, I don't think, actually realize the time that it takes. Just like what you were talking about, showing up at 7 o'clock and being afraid to leave from work. Sometimes people think that's no big deal, but you're talking about could be a whole day from work that you're missing out on pay. And if she's a single mom taking care of a child, that's huge. It is so huge. anyway, Daphne, before we get to our next segment, how do we reach you? You reach me at our phone number, which is 855-734-1500. That's 855-734-1500 or at PinnacleSeniorPlacements.com. And everyone... Daphne will be back with us to talk about the financial and the legal aspects coming up next. The preceding podcast was provided by Pinnacle Senior Placements, LLC and Answers for Elders Radio. To contact Pinnacle Senior Placements, go to PinnacleSeniorPlacements.com. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.